The biggest complaint I hear from women is that they don't have the support they need from family and friends to uplevel their life, or they just don't know how to do it. Well, I'm changing all that. I have met amazing women on my podcast, and it's inspired me to create the Warrior Women Mastermind. What's a mastermind? It's a small group of women, hand-selected by me, specifically designed and curated for those women who want to up-level their business, brand, and mindset. You'll get incredible support and meet like-minded women in a non-competitive environment. You'll have incredible access to my network of coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts in every field to accelerate you on every level. My next mastermind is launching in the fall. Feeling like you need a push? A boost? Someone to pull you up where you're supposed to be? Well, go to my website at lizswadek.com and schedule a discovery call to learn more about how you can apply. That's Liz, L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. This is invitation only, ladies, but that invitation is waiting for you. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Is reinvention the key to being a successful entrepreneur? My next guest thinks so. She's built not one, not two, but three incredibly successful businesses, often launching them at the worst possible time. There is so much gold in this podcast. So if you're thinking of starting a business or making the one you have more successful, this is for you. The opportunities might not be obvious, but they do exist if you are willing to simply keep moving forward. Reinventing is never a straight path. It's curvy and bumpy and wild, but eventually you do end up in a good place. This is episode three in our series on reinvention. So if you missed episode 65 and 66, make sure you go back and listen. On to our sponsor. Want to support a small 100% woman-owned winery that gives back to rescue horses and helps the next generation of girls thrive? Well, you can't with Spirit Horse Vineyards. Spirit Horse Vineyards is a 100% woman-owned boutique winery that empowers community and connection through delicious wines, unique member experiences, and philanthropy. Founded in 2013, Spirit Horse offers a roster of limited production wines from around the world, from their Napa Valley Estate wines in California to their Willamette Valley Oregon Pinot Noirs and Rogue Valley Rosé and Sparkling. They are committed to sharing exclusive wines and member experiences from the best vineyards the world has to offer. Join the Spirit Horse Vineyards Wine Club like me and get your custom selections every quarter with a 20% discount off all the wines and a 30% discount off your first case. You also get complimentary virtual and in real life events, including a harvest party at their rescue ranch in Napa this September. Go to spirithorsevineyards.com and use code WARRIORWOMEN to get your complimentary shipping on orders $75 or more. That is spirithorsevineyards.com. Today on the podcast, Stacey Blackman. Stacey has been identifying opportunities and launching new companies for over two decades, beginning with her first company, WebWisher, which sold within a year after launch. 
while she was still a student at Northwestern's Kellogg Graduate School of Management. She then founded Stacy Blackman Consulting, which is now leading the MBA admissions advisory, serving thousands of clients every year. Last year, noticing a white space in the teen boy skincare market, she launched Strike Club, a skincare brand for tween and teen boys available online and in over 1,000 Target stores. Stacy's proven success record is not without its struggles. Each company was launched in the wake of disappointment and challenges. She was forced to reinvent and be creative, but each time it led to greater successes and opportunities than she's ever dreamed of. She's the queen of reinvention. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you so much. Excited to chat. Yes, I am so excited that we're going to talk about all this because I told you when we kind of got on the phone together, I think you DM'd me on Instagram and you were like, what's going on over there, warrior <laughs> woman? And I was like, I don't know, let's talk. So we we got on a Zoom and we started talking and I couldn't believe you had all these businesses, like you started all these businesses and they were successful. I'm like, it's one thing if one person has one business that's successful, but I'm like, you have three? Like, that's not possible, Stacey. Remember I told you, I said, I thought, I thought you were like a unicorn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get into it. I want to go back to the beginning. I want to know all about you, Stacey. Okay. Tell me about your life as a young girl growing up. What were the kind of aha moments that led to what you're kind of doing now? Well, it's interesting. I do believe that throughout our lives, there are like these little breadcrumbs sprinkled and that we may not even pick up on them at the time, but looking back, they're there and you can see how they sort of inform our story. Really, my first entrepreneurial venture was when I was 12. I launched a bracelet business in my middle school. I was in seventh grade and it really took off. Every single girl in my class bought one. Oh my God. Um, and, you know, I think I made like $60 total. You had a business. 80s. You were rich. <laughs> And, and it got shut down by my head of school who called me into the office and, and shut me down. However, I sort of held on to that. Starting that business really gave me this thrill and excitement that, that I sort of always remembered. Um, even though at the time I didn't really have aspirations to start my own business as an adult that that experience was exciting to me. And then when I graduated from high school, they they gave most likely two predictions for each member of our class and I was named most likely to run an empire. Which Are you I didn't even, <laughs> Yeah, and at the time I remember even my parents were like, "Huh? <laughs> Where did that come from?" I didn't really see it, but apparently others saw that, you know, maybe I had potential to start my own thing. So those were the early years. Most likely to run an empire. I, I wish to high heaven someone had said that about me. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay, tell us about WebWisher, which is an online gift registry, how that came about. Because um, you found your yourself, your success, again, very early, but it, that whole business began after feeling kind of lost. I had been working in private equity and finance. And I had gone to business with a very specific goal. I wanted to transition from finance and spreadsheets and numbers into marketing. I wanted to be hands-on in the creation of something. I wanted to be creative. And my dream was to go to business school and land a job at a big consumer products company like a Nestle or Procter and & Gamble and, and work on some of their big brands. And that's exactly what I did for my summer internship. I got sort of my dream internship 
between my first and second years of business school. And I spent my summer in Minneapolis working for Pillsbury on their Haagen-Dazs brand, which they owned at the time. They don't anymore. And I was so thrilled to start the summer, but it was really nothing like I had imagined. I was let down. I hated the job. I, I really did. It was so corporate, so big, slow, not creative at all. I basically sat in a cube all day and worked on spreadsheets, which is exactly what I had done in finance. So when I got back to school for my second year, I was kind of lost, disillusioned. Here I was in business school. It was my big chance to transition. And what I thought I was going to do, I wasn't going to do. So I connected with two good friends who were also sort of not inspired by their summers. And we decided to create our own opportunity, which became WebWisher, the online registry, which we did sell right before graduation. And who did you sell it to, Stacey? Well, now it is part of the not. So it's part of it. It was an online gift registry. Now it's part of like this huge wedding registry and more. it's, It's insane to me because like that was, I remember that time, right? Where like, all like that online gift registry became like a thing. And then it was like annoying because you couldn't find someone's. And then you needed that one place where you could find, where is this person registered? Do I have to go to every, like, do I have to be searching the world over? And that was such a game changer. So I love that you were a part of that whole thing. Cause that's, that is crazy. Cause I remember that moment. I remember (laughs) how we needed that. Yeah. It was a crazy time. Because we were also going to 275 weddings back then. Hello. Exactly. Exactly. We were like going to every wedding in town. <laughs> um, what led you to creating your MBA admissions advisory business? Because that's sort of like super niche and specific. And again, you started it after 9-11, Stacey. <laughs> I mean, my God, you just like love to start things at the craziest moments. Oh my God. Yes. I had just gotten married and my husband and I traveled. We planned this huge trip kind of thinking before we have kids, we'll do this big trip. We traveled around the world for months. I came back to San Francisco where I was living at the time, kind of ready to dive into the next phase of my career, all these ideas. What kind of job did I want to get? Again, even though I'd have the entrepreneurial experience thinking I'm going to get a job with a company. And then 9-11 hit and San Francisco literally shut down. It was like the dot-com implosion. Headhunt firms just shuttered. They they were like, we're just closed for a year. And, and it was really hard to get interviews and, and kind of, you know, get a job. So I decided, you know, I looked within myself, what do I like doing? What am I good at? And I thought, well, I went to... Wharton at Penn undergrad, and I had done some admissions interviews with them. Same with Kellogg for business school. People had always asked me about how to get into these top schools. I was a good writer. I was good at marketing. I liked sort of coaching people. It was like all these skills and interests that I had combined. I thought maybe I can help someone with a business school application. I don't know if anyone's going to want help, but I'll try. And I sent out sort of a marketing email to this list and it was crickets for a couple of weeks. And then someone replied and he became my first client. And really that first year, he was my only client, <laughs> but, but that's, a good, well. that's an important point, Stacey. Uh, yeah. I think some people are like, I'm going to have this idea 
and I'm going to send out an email to 200 billion people and I'm going to hear 200 billion replies. It's going to be so great. It's like, no, just expect that you're going to, it's going to be crickets. Yeah. (laughs) And if you hear back from one or two people, start dancing in the streets. I didn't know if anyone would want this service. So when I heard crickets, I thought no one wants this service. Then finally someone did reply and yeah, I was dancing in the streets. And I mean, I, I, I worked, I probably made $1 an hour working with him. I worked really, really hard, but it validated the idea and he was successful and he started to refer. And so, you know, year two, maybe I had five clients, like it still was small, but it grew from there. And now, now what is it, Miss Stacey? Yes. So now we are a legit brand in the admissions consulting space. I have a team of over a hundred people working for me across the U.S., thousands of clients every year and, you know, a really booming and growing business. I mean, and that started with that one guy and him just referring you. (laughs) And it's really true. Like it takes one, you know, you need one person that is really super satisfied, right? With what you do. And then that person really can be like the beginning of everything. Okay. And tell me about your most recent venture, which is Strike Club. You launched it in the pandemic because again, Stacey, you really like an environment of uncertainty for success. (laughs) Apparently, yes. Planning these things, Stacey, but it is the wildest thing in the world if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, with Strike Club, we definitely, like everyone else in the world, did not see 2020 coming. (laughs) Um, But we persevered despite that challenge. So I have three children. My oldest is a boy. He's about to turn 18 years old. And I started to notice differences between sort of his self-care and grooming habits, which pretty much were non-existent. And my daughters who were watching TikTok videos and learning 10-step routines and coming to me and asking for products. And, you know, I thought not only do boys, the truth is they're sort of raised to pretend like they don't care the way they look and to pretend that they don't have feelings and and to not engage in self-care, but they do care. And especially now in the selfie generation and, and they're always on and they're staring at their faces now on Zoom all day long. Yeah. You know, they do care and they have insecurities and yet there are no tools for them to really care for themselves. They're borrowing from their sisters. They're using the stuff their dad started using in, in the eighties. And so, you know, I That's thought right. my I'm like son, looking for the Stridex medicated pads, Stacey. And I'm like, do they make those anymore? Like, it's so <laughs> true. I'm like, does anybody, is there any clear cell here? Anybody aisle seven? I literally, you're right. That is exactly what happens, right? Like, because the girls are like, I'm going to buy this whole line from Sephora. Cause I saw it on TikTok, and then Landon doesn't want to use that. He's like 14. He's like, I'm not using that gross stuff. Whatever that is, this aromatherapy, lavender, something or other. He's not using that. So you're right. Then I'm like, okay, let's get the Stridex medicated pads. Oh, they don't make them anymore. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> they do make Stridex and you know, they make all the things that they made back then when we were young, they all have the same active ingredients. They haven't been updated since the eighties. And, you know, so the boys are forced to choose between something that's unisex and medicinal and embarrassing or 
yeah, borrowing from their girlfriends. And so I thought these boys, my son and all the boys, they deserve to have some really great tools that aren't an embarrassment that they can take out in the locker room and use with pride that have modern ingredients that are effective, that, that, that are clean and um, that, you know, are really formulated with boys in mind. So they're not, usually going to do a 10 step routine we want. Oh my God, products. you really get one. You better not right. make a 10 step, Stacey. Holy exactly, moly. Exactly. So we, you know, they need to be multitasking. They need to sort of fit into the way that boys live. And so we launched Strike Club to do that. And yes, we launched in January, 2020 quietly. And just as we were ready to kind of ramp up, everything shut down. And so, you know, we had to rethink a lot of our plans and our big opening launch party and, and sort of reorganize. But a year later, we are in over a thousand targets nationwide. We're on target.com and our direct to consumer sales on our website are growing and, and we're growing and expanding with new products and all kinds of exciting things. So. And how did the target thing come about? Cause you know, people are going to DM me like, how did she get in target? So how, what, what is the way that that like even goes down? Like, did they, were you on their radar? Sort of. So we applied to this target accelerator program. Target has some really interesting sort of incubator programs that helps them to fuel their innovation pipeline. And we applied, literally, we were like a week old company and we got in. And so in early March, I mean, literally, we at the end of the first week of the program, we were sent home and we were told the rest of the program was going to be virtual. But I did get a because of COVID, but I did get a week in Minneapolis with Target, learning about how Target works, meeting the beauty buyer, you know, meeting a lot of key people, getting their feedback on our product and our packaging. So that helped us a learn about Target and also yeah. kind of get our foot in the door and understand how they operate. Invaluable, um, invaluable. Invaluable. I mean, obviously it was an incredible, incredible opportunity. Yeah. And so, you know, through that, we didn't get our formal order. We ended the program. We didn't know if we would get into Target stores. And then we sort of, as the year went on, got an inkling that we were going to get in, but we didn't know how much. And then it was probably like September. I mean, this was like a year long process that we got our order for how many stores and it all went from and then there. Then you have to figure out manufacturing and you got to figure out like how, yeah, how are you going to produce all these orders? Oh, yes. <laughs> Dealing with Target and all of the stuff, amazing things that they have going on to give us visibility and sampling and educating their in store teams and working with their website. I mean, it, it was a full-time job for us. It, it, it was a huge, huge, huge undertaking for sure. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in launching all three of these really successful businesses? If you had to pick, I don't know, one or even two things you think? The opportunity might not be obvious, but it does exist. I think there's always a path but it's almost always going to be a very, very windy path and not at all what you think it will be. And I can say, starting from going to business school and wanting to work for this big corporate consumer products company and ending up starting my own company, nothing has ever turned out the way I envisioned it. I mean, literally nothing. But as I've endured the challenges and the twists and turns, 
I always ended up in a better place. So I think for me, the key has been, you know, it's not easy. It's not painless. There have been a lot of tears and sleepless nights, but knowing that I'm smart, I can figure it out. And there is an answer has really been the key to me. Like keep pushing, keep asking questions, keep reinventing and you end up in a good place. Yeah. And there's no straight lines. You're right. It's like up, down, sideways, left, right. I mean, you have to kind of, you know, and I guess you have to be sort of open to that, that it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. You have to kind of be like, what, you know, let's, let's see what happens, you know, like, let's see how it goes. Right. Oh, there's a global pandemic. Okay. Uh, Look at that. (laughs) All all the manufacturers have pivoted to hand sanitizer. We can't get our face wash on the line. Okay. We're sold out for a month. Like it just, you know, you you have to roll with it. That's insane. I I mean, I never even thought of that, that that's all they cared about, right? Like everybody just went to like a base level of what they care about in that second. And they were like, I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. You always say, look for the diamond in the ashes, which I'm now going to be saying to myself all the time. What is your best advice for someone who is in need of either a personal or a professional reinvention? My best advice is to begin before you are ready. So I think that a lot of people get held up because they don't have enough time. They don't have enough money. They don't have the resources, the knowledge, the network, like there's always an excuse. And that goes to whether you want to buy a house or start a new company or write a book, you're never quite ready. So get rid of that excuse and begin before you're ready. And you don't have to have the whole thing figured out up front. Take one step and then another, and soon you're on your way. I love it. That's great advice. Tell me what's next for you. Is there another company that you're starting? Or are you just going to continue trying to strike, get some strikeouts with the strike club? <laughs> There is so, so not another company that I'm starting. <laughs> Liar. I'm going to talk to you in five years. You're going to have another one. I know it. Oh my God. No. I, for, for now, like very, very much exactly. have my hands full, but there are so many exciting things happening for both Strike Club and Stacey Blackman Consulting. You know, right now I'm, I'm super engaged with Strike Club and so excited about it. We have like new products coming out that are amazing. New bundles. I'm dying to try this. I can't wait. I'm oh yeah. Landon. Yeah. Yes, for sure. A lot of growth and new ideas and new directions on both fronts. Oh my gosh. So exciting. All right. Well, Stacey, guess what? We're in the speed round. We're at the party, party time now, Stacey. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Cocktail of choice. Spicy jalapeno margarita. Ooh, that's a really good one. That's a really (laughs) good one. That's a good one. Like summer or fall. I like that. I like it all the, all the year long mantra or quote you live by. Yoda says do or do not. There is no try. And that literally has been my mantra. I mean, my kids know it's a joke. Yoda's my hero. Do or do not. There is no try. I love it. What makes you feel unstoppable? I think it's seeing big dreams begin to come to fruition. Like everyone, I have a lot of self-doubt when I have these ideas, but I see a spark of hope and a little success and I, I get very fueled by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in your case too, like you've really definitely had some different, totally different businesses. They're not even at all related. And each time you got to see like, oh my gosh, it's taking off. Oh my gosh. Like here it goes. You know, like that's an, that's, that is exciting. That is some exciting stuff. Um, who do you most admire? 
I admire so many people in different ways and, and really do have like different inspiration and role models. But when you asked that, the first person that came to mind was my mother-in-law. <laughs> she was raised in a different time with sort of different opportunities, but she has grown so much. She's an entrepreneur. She has her own business. What's your um, business? She does, she lives in Israel actually, and she does English tutoring, language tutoring. Okay. And, you know, she really just has like a joie de vie. She has an ability to find joy and beauty in simple things. And I love being with her because she'll point those things out, like things that I wouldn't even notice. And I feel like even now she's always learning, growing, being influenced by others. She cherishes her family and the people around her as they are. And she learns from them. I just love the way that she lives her life. I love that. That's a great person to have that you can be inspired by. Very um, what are you most proud of? Sounds cliched, but I'd have to say my family. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> having a family is a big deal. And we've all been through a hell of a lot over this last little while. Indeed. Your 18-year-old, is he in college or was he applying? He's applying this year. So he's, he's, oh, so he didn't have to do the first year of pandemic style. So he's going to see, but he had to do senior year pandemic style or he's got to now. year and, and the, the SAT. Oh, the touring and and the, oh, it's yeah. been, yeah, it's been interesting. Oh, Lordy. What's exciting you the most right now? Oh, Strike Club. I mean, we just have, we have so many cool products on the way and, and so many things going on. It's, um, it's just, it's super exciting. What's the most popular product right now? Right now, I'd say our most popular product is probably our strike stick. That's like, it looks like a little white pen and it's like this portable zapper. And, you know, it's like uh, the washes are more preventative, but the stick is like, I put it on at night and wow, in the morning (laughs) I see, great results. So. Oh boy, do I need this for my landing. Oh yes, I do, Stacey. Okay, we're going to be talking about this podcast. I'm having it. Okay, th- Stacey, thank you so much for coming today. This has been such a nice like chat. It's so fun to learn that even though you had all these setbacks and things that might hold you back, you still managed to persevere and start these businesses and they're still successful. So it's super inspirational. Thank you. So fun to talk with you. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review, please. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.